Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast, powered by BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Aishra Blickley, with the co-host with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. What's going on, Kwani? I'm doing well. As you can see, I have my New Year's outfit on. Well, if you're listening, you can't see this, but I wore my New Year's outfit because I have nowhere to go. <laughs> well, that makes two of us. I'm still kind of basking in the afterglow of Christmas uh, day because one of the cool things about having like sort of kind of but not really adult age kids is that as they get older they step their christmas game up oh so my son you know he usually gives me like you know kind of the the, the kind of cheesy kids gifts a tie year, <laughs> gift cards plural not gift singular. cards for where though oh singular plural not oh, singular. Plural. oh okay more so than where? one gift card which to me was amazing because you know, that's not who he is. <laughs> He's evolving He's money now. He's making a little, little chatter. So this was a good Christmas for me. This was a really good Christmas for me. I hope it was a good one for you. It was. It was a really good Christmas. I got to see my family. We spent a lot of time together. We watched the movies, ate a lot of popcorn. It was good. What movie <laughs> did you watch? We actually watched Soul, which is yes. on Disney. Yes. Are we going to talk about it? We're going to talk it? about Soul. Oh, snap. Yes. That was, you know what? That was a much more grown folks movie than I thought. My mom was like, why is Disney trying to traumatize these kids? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not for children. I'm no, sorry. I mean, <laughs> I just think about like a seven, eight, nine year old watching that movie and they're probably thinking in their head like, what the hell is this? So, uh, yes, this is, this is not for us. This is for like pops. I mean, it was it was a really good movie. I thought it had a lot of really mature themes. Not not like like you know, gross sex type themes. Yeah, yeah. For a more mature, mature mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they're talking about the great beyond, and they're talking about just just purpose, purpose, and 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 what drives you, and and, and whether whatever you think is your purpose may not necessarily be what you're called to do. And, and yeah. it, it got really deep, but it didn't really get deep. Um, my son enjoyed the fact that they took a little dig at the New York Knicks. Oh my goodness. That was my favorite part of the movie. It was so, hilarious. She's yeah. like, I've been messing with this team for years. Absolutely. And if anyone who has not seen that movie, you should check it out. I, I think Definitely it was really, that. and looking at the reviews that people had who did see it, uh, it re really positive. Cannot say the same thing for Wonder Woman 84. I didn't see it. What was it like? Uh, I, saw, I saw the Twitter review, so I wasn't really sold on it. You know what? In the spirit of ending 2020 on a positive note, I'm going to say very little about it other than it's a movie. And I'm going to leave it there. Yikes. Um, if you want to see it, go ahead, knock yourself out. Uh, I will not be going down that road again with this, okay. that particular movie. So I'm going to leave it right there. But since we are on you know, the, the subject of 2020. Mm. Uh, we're at the end of the road, as boys to men would say. Uh, and I'm just curious, Kwani, just what are some of, when you look back at 2020 uh, in the NBA, obviously the bubble, that was a big part of really all of our NBA existence in, in, in 2020. And I've got some ideas on what I, I recollect from the bubble. What do you, what did you take away from the bubble? Like what are some of your fondest memories of that, that period of time? From the bubble specifically or just the whole year? From the bubble. We're going to get into the whole year, but just okay. from the bubble uh, specifically, though. Well, I mean, it goes without saying the Black Lives Matter movement. The mm -hmm. It felt like showmanship of seeing the words on the court, but really the action and the words that came behind the players that were willing to uh, uh, essentially sit out a season, it looked like at least, mm -hmm. because they saw that 
the deaths of Eric Gardner and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd were worth them not playing basketball and really bringing light to a situation where black people have been experiencing this for years, but we're just now seeing it because of the technology that we have, because of the cell phones that are able to be evidence for all of the things that are going on in this world. So I definitely admire that. I think a lot of times you hear that shut up and dribble or stick to sports mantra. And the reality is that we are dealing with black players that at the end of the day, I always say this, if a Jalen Brown were to walk in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, somewhere where no one knows who he is, and he's just another black guy, he's going to deal with the same kind of consequences or stereotypes that any other, what we would call normal black guy would deal with. So for them to really put their careers on the line, I know it sounds dramatic because people are like, oh, they make millions of dollars, but it really was them sacrificing the sport that they've played their entire lives to do what was considered um, a, a service for the greater good. So I definitely admired that. I appreciated it. As someone that does not have as big as a platform, I think they definitely did the right thing. Yeah, I mean, there's no question in my mind that that players, I I thought, recognized the opportunity to be in a bubble and utilize that moment to magnify issues that they feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I think about that time in a bubble, the the moment that probably resonated with me more than any other moment was after Jacob Blake's uh, killing, Doc Rivers gave that emotional mm-hmm. press conference. And, and for me, that resonated in a way that, I mean, just being, you know, keeping it 100. I've been covering the league for over 20 years, and that was the very first time any coach or player ever evoked emotions in me mm-hmm. that moved me to tears, that moved me in ways I've never been moved before by a coach or a player. And it was, you know, Doc, he, he spoke about things that, as a black man, I've felt an experience. Uh, I know exactly what it feels like to walk into a room and be treated completely different and less than for no other reason than the color of my skin. Uh, I, I think back to when I was in Detroit and I was on the road in San Antonio and I was stopped going to the elevator to my room because apparently there was some trouble in the hotel that weekend. And my immediate response was, what does that have to do with me? And that led to uh, that led to an, a very, I'll just call it intense conversation between me and one of the managers there at that particular establishment. But it was, again, that was, uh, there was literally nothing I did that would, that had anything to do with whatever they were talking about that happened that weekend. And making matters worse, I literally had my key to my room in my hand. So I kind of belonged there. I kind of was paying to be there. Uh, but those are the type of things that when Doc Rivers talks about, you know, why can't anyone, why can't they just, you know, love us as much as we love this country? Those are the kind of moments that really resonate and make it just very painful in many ways, in many respects for a lot of black people. And for a lot of these black players who, if it's not affecting them directly, you know, they have family members uh, who have experienced a lot of the the pain and trauma that we're talking about, you know, and I, I think about COVID-19 and how, you know, there, there's, there's a segment of society that thinks it was just not that big a deal. And, and I, it's, it doesn't really affect me. And then I think about a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, who's lost seven family members to COVID-19, including his mother. Uh, and 
again, it, this is, you know, the, the bubble was for me, it was it was a it was a way of magnifying a lot of the societal ills and concerns that so many people have about this country. And I, I thought the players, for the most part, did a good job of making those issues front and center, even when they weren't on the front lines as they were with protests and things like that prior to going into the bubble. Um, but um, absolutely. I think the yeah. best way to describe it really was that emotional roller coaster. You mentioned Carl Anthony Towns and seeing that in the midst of this racial pandemic, as we call it, we see people losing family members. And even you saw all the people, even in Boston, where you saw black people going out, white people going out to march in protest of racial injustice. And yet they're putting themselves at risk even more because of the pandemic that we've been dealing with for over nine months. So there, there were just so many levels to it that really, like you said, would just evoke so much emotion every single day, really wake up and like, oh, I have to deal with this again. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you think about just the NBA and, and thinking outside the bubble, uh, again, the social justice issue would not go away. Uh, I, I remember when the protest came to Boston and, and Marcus Smart and his camp reached out to me and, and Marcus and I are literally walking up and down uh, for a good 20, 30 minutes, just having real, what I like to call grown ass conversations yeah. about things that had nothing to do with jump shots or, or defensive stops or, or winning games, but about just winning over the minds and hearts of people that change has to come. Uh, and we, the one thing, and we both, you know, kind of had that eureka moment when we're walking was there must've been like maybe a 10, 15 minute stretch when we're walking. And we just saw wave after wave after wave of white folks mm -hmm. and in Boston, <laughs> in Boston. And, yeah. and, and to me, it, it, it reminded me of how, if you're going to have a movement of significance, you're going to need allies. And yeah. there's a distinction between allies, al excuse me, allies and acquaintances. Now acquaintances will support you, but they're going to support you from the chief seats. You know, they'll say, Oh, you know what? We're behind you way, 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 way behind you. I'll put a and black square on Instagram, but that's the most I can do in this moment. Exactly. <laughs> but then you have, you know, allies who are literally walking up and down the damn pavement, which you got the signs out, you know, making it known to anyone and everyone that they support this movement. Yeah. And so it was both Marcus and I were just really startled by the, the, the significant number of non-black folks who were out there. And, and that for, for me, that was awesome to see because you never really know how that's going to play out. And, you know, again, there, there's all, there's the reputation that the city of Boston has when it comes to black folks. And for me, it was refreshing to see that that's a side of Boston that, on a personal level, I've experienced uh, I, white people have been real cool to Sherrod when he, in Boston uh, from from the jump. And so I can't speak firsthand experience to some of the issues, but don't get it twisted. I know they're out there. Okay. I know black folks have issues in Boston. So I, I, I can't escape that. But as far as me personally, uh, it has not been an issue. And seeing so many folks out and about at a moment when they could easily run and hide. They could easily just kind of stay in their own little part of the world and just leave it at that. Right. To see them out there protesting, making their voices heard, making their presence felt, that was really great to see. Absolutely. And before we continue our conversation, just want to quickly remind everyone, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. I asked for this for Christmas, but I'll take a late New Year's gift. 
Make sure you give us a review <laughs> and tell your friends about it. Share with the podcast, share the podcast with everybody that you know, because that's what keeps us running. Absolutely. There is listen, I have no shame in getting those after Christmas gifts. <laughs> right. Five star review. Those are the best. Oh my god. Because <laughs> you know that's when the sales are on, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I well, wait a minute. Funny from Jersey. What am I saying? Of course she knows that. Absolutely. That's, that's how we roll. You're right. Well, listen, enough looking back at like 2020 and in the bubble and outside the bubble. Let's look a little bit of this past weekend uh, with the Celtics. And I mean, obviously, you know, they, they, they lost two of the first three games. But the real to me, the, the, the real question that that kind of jumps out when I think about these first few games is just Jason Tatum uh, going forward shot selection. I mean. You got the Milwaukee banker to beat the Bucks. You take a similar shot. Not so much luck against Indianapolis. How do you feel about Jason Tatum's just shot selection overall at this point? You definitely broke up. I'm so sorry. How do you feel about Jason Tatum's shot selection at this point? I will say, I think this year watching him play, he's definitely stepped up. But overall, I know fans are expecting more from him. Maybe it's an unfair pressure because of his contract, but also because he's already been the selected next mm -hmm. child or king of Boston. Mm -hmm. But at the same I, I'm not disappointed in him. I think it's still early. I think people le definitely love to overreact at the beginning of the season. We're only three games into the season right now. So mm -hmm. I'm not ready to just count them out or count him out or just say, like, the season's over. But definitely I would love to see more of a, a diverse shot selection from him. Obviously, Jalen has to contribute as well. I think it's a, a all-around effort that, again, everyone's willing to put the blame or either Brad or Tatum, but it's like it's a team effort. At the end of the day, multiple players contribute. Let's stop putting it all on one person. Absolutely. You, you really can't go chips all in on any one player or one coach, but you can go chips all in on betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season and there are some big matchups this weekend nfl regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code clns5050 clns5050 for your 50 percent welcome bonus and you know that let's let's face it uh around here Folks aren't really feeling the playoffs because the Patriots aren't feeling the playoffs, but there are still some really key NFL games to keep an eye on this week. Pittsburgh at Cleveland, a lot on the line there. The Browns have the potential to do what few everything the Browns can do because they never do it, which is get to the playoffs. Right. You know, and then there's those two teams, you know, that the Patriots didn't have quite the best of luck against Miami and Buffalo. They're going at it as well. And let's not forget about the college game. I mean, we're getting close to the national championship. You've got Alabama and Notre Dame. They're going to go at it on New Year's Day, as well as Ohio State, who's got maybe five, six games. I think they got six wins now in six games, which, again, that's another story for another day. Wait, Ohio didn't you put money on some games? I want to hear about that. You know what? I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to get to that. Okay. And, and betonline.ag – Y'all did the boy solid this weekend with some of his picks. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and, and, and that's a great segue, Kwani, into the NBA, which has a lot of quality games. But, you know, the, my my first little dalliance with, with BetOnline.ag, I went West Coast all the way. Went okay. with the Lakers, went with the Clippers, before the Clippers got smashed, because uh. I knew 
get in early. And when betonline.ag, that's exactly how you play the game. You got to get in early and get in often. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code I mentioned to you earlier, CLNS50, CLNS50, to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports bet experts. And, you know, again, visit our good friends and exclusive partners at BetOnline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Once again, sign up for the free account and use the promo code. What's that promo code, Quanny? CLNS50, which I definitely am going to – I might try it out. I might dabble a little bit, see what – Test my that's, luck out with the NBA a little bit and see if I'm good at this. That's your homework. Why not? <laughs> I took, yeah, I took I took the Lakers uh, earlier okay. this last week, and I took the Clippers in their first game, and it, it worked out well for me. Got okay. a little bit of money in the bank. Now I got to figure out which games I'm going to look to uh, get on for this upcoming week. I'm trying to avoid the Celtics as much yeah. as possible. Because right now I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what I'm working with. But with those West Coast teams, they are who they are. Right. Uh, and we are who we are. And Jalen Brown is who he Please. is. And that's a pretty damn good player. So, Kwani, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Jalen and just, you know, we talked about Tatum earlier about how, you know, he, you know, his shot selection, things like that. Yeah. But the one thing about Jalen is that, you know, he, he's gotten better every year he's been in the league and he's shown the ability that he could potentially take it to another level. Absolutely. But what we've seen early on is down the stretch, it's kind of like the Jason Tatum show, which right. is understandable because of who he is. But should we be seeing a little bit more of Jalen in that go-to guy role down the stretch than Tatum? Or are you cool how things are now? I've always been conflicted about this question because it always bothered me that it felt like everyone wanted to pit them against each other. And I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way where it's like, oh, well, if you have one, you can't have the other. But even this year, like I mentioned, it, it seems as though everyone's like, oh, Tatum's the man. He has to step up. He right. has to make those clutch plays. But, I mean, Jalen's been here a year longer, a season longer. Why are you guys just dismissing the fact that he has improved over the last few years? Right now he's averaging 26 points a game. It's not like he's just sitting here not doing anything. So why not have that dual J moment where you can have both of them, you can rely on both of them, and it doesn't have to just be one. I get Yes, the contract. People have to work for what they're getting paid worth. But at the same time, I would love to just see them. There are days, even last season, the years, the season before, we one day Jalen's hot, one day Tatum's hot. I think we can exist in a world where both of them can either, they can coexist on a game day or one is better, so to speak, on a given night. And they're just contributing the way they should. So I would love to see Jalen step up more and be, you know, be more confident in that role, even though, the media, I mean, we're guilty of it. The pe- the fans are probably guilty of just giving Tatum this gold baton and telling him to run with it. I would love for him to really continue to step into that confidence and just be like, all right, forget the haters, forget the media, and just go with it and really show Boston what he's about. Because like you said, last, th- he should have been an all-star this year. That's without a question. So I want to see him step up even more so that even if there is not an all-star game, we will know without a doubt that he should – be chosen in 2021 yeah see here, here's my thing uh last year i really wanted to see tatum step up one because i thought it was his time and two 
He was on every single fantasy league team I had. So there was that completely selfish reason there. No bias at all. <laughs> no bias at all. None. Uh, but but the thing about Jalen Brown, and, and I talked about this on another one of a CLNS podcast with, with Adam Kaufman. Okay. As much as we want to talk about, you know, Tatum being that leader, and and, and if Jalen wants to, to be more engaged and he, you know, then Tatum should be the guy to make it happen. Yeah. I think it, it has to happen that way. I think Tatum has to be the one to say, Jalen, I need you to be more impactful down the stretch. I need you to be more. There, there needs to be less separation down the stretch than there is between those two. It, it just seems as though in the last three minutes of games, they just want to give the ball to Tatum, clear out, and just go from there. And I don't think that's going to win it for this team. I think they're going to need to keep teams on their toes, not sure who's going to take over the games. Is it going to be Jason or is it going to be Jalen? Because Jalen has shown the ability to be a big-time shot maker. We've seen him knock down big buckets before. You go back to his days, even when he was in high school. I mean, you know, I, I spent some time with his AAU coach and his high school coach, and they were telling me about in, in the state championship game his senior year, he goes to the free throw line, and he was a shaky free throw shooter. And Jalen just went up there and said, okay, guys, we, we got this. Knocks down both shots, barely touches the rim, which is something that when you see Jalen shoot free throws, that does not happen that often. But he knows how to step his game up in that moment. And I, I think I like to see him be a little bit more assertive. And I think Tatum has to be the one to encourage him to be more assertive. But then you have to wonder, is Tatum at that level from a maturity standpoint to be – confident enough in his role as the face of the franchise mm. but comfortable enough to be willing to pass that baton on down the stretch to Jalen I mean to me it's it's like is he closer to being that selfless leader versus Kyrie because to me I look at those as the two extremes selfless yeah. leader is on one end of the spectrum Kyrie yeah. Irving is on the other and where does he fall into that spectrum and and I think that's something that we uh we don't really have the answers to but one but thing isn't we- that unfair when you think about it on on multiple levels like you said you if you're expecting Tatum to be this leader then does he have to be that leader unapologetically without giving in your example Jalen any kind of leeway to step in or is it the the sense where you even look at Jalen so like how do you feel motivated to play when you already know that everyone's looking to this one guy to be that guy even though you know you have the potential or capability of also being that guy like I see looking at from both of their perspective it's complicated because it's like yes they're still young but yes they're also both expected to be leaders Mm -hmm. but it's like you said how do I not step on the toes of this other guy that's supposed to be a leader as well like I just me from that selfish mentality I'm just like I don't know how I could step into that role knowing that I'm always going to be seen as second best even though we could be equally as good in an other like alternative world <laughs> right well, well the one person who can simplify that process a little bit for them is brad stevens absolutely that's his and, job not mine i don't get paid enough to be thinking like this and, anyway. and, and, and <laughs> you know the thing about brad stevens is that you know we're, we're coming up what year seven eight for him here and he's done and, and i think we talked about this earlier uh in, in one of our earlier episodes but he's done a great job of building a winning culture I'm still not convinced it's a championship winning culture. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they haven't won a championship and everything to do with the fact that teams that win championships typically 
have there's a certain elev there's a certain level of, of elevating that they do with their players, a certain coaching up, if you will, that they do with their players that gets them over that proverbial hump. And Absolutely. it seems that every time this team has had the talent to get over the hump, they don't. I mean, Brad should have been to at least one and probably two NBA finals at this point in his career. And, any. and you have to wonder at what point will Celtics nation get restless? I think that point is now. I think they're at that point where they're like, you know, we like Brad and we think he's a great coach, but I, I think that there are far more people who are questioning whether he's a championship winning coach than there has ever been. And I'm just curious, what, what are your thoughts on, on Brad Stevens? Because I, I think he's a very good coach, but I'm I'm of the mindset that he still has a lot to prove in order to be talked about as a great one. I agree with that. I think, like you mentioned, everyone looks at the numbers and they're like, okay, on the on paper, his win percentage goes up every season for the for the most part for the Celtics. And that's a good trend. You want to always be trending upwards, but at the same time, to your point, you look at last season i mean obviously the bubble season i think is the mm -hmm. biggest example where fans are like all right why didn't we not make it to the nba finals they should have definitely without a doubt everyone that you talk to in the nba mm -hmm. thinks that the celtics should have been in that game so it's like is that a coaching issue was it him or was it just the players being burned out mm -hmm. like it, it comes down to knowing what exactly is going on i think in the locker room essentially because like all right you don't want to necessarily blame the coaches and they're always going to the good coaches are always going to blame themselves anyway. Right. I could have done better. We could have done better. So I don't necessarily want to put blame on him. I think it's definitely always a group effort in my opinion, but at the same time you do have to wonder, all right, this season they've already set the standard of what they are supposed to look like, especially in the East. So this season, I think is kind of one of those years where you just have no choice, but to succeed and you have to go to the NBA finals this year without well, a doubt. Well, it as you mentioned, Kwani, you don't want to put any blame on Brad. Yeah. But I want to play a game anyway that may put some blame on Brad regardless. Uh, about the game. Let's play a game <laughs> called, we'll just call it pick and roll. Mm, uh, you sound familiar. Tatum, <laughs> Jalen Brown, Brad Stevens. You got to pick one of the three. Now, you can either roll with them as being the key to get this team turned around Yikes. or roll with them as the key to this team not being where it should be. Who you got and how you going to roll? This is a tricky one. And you know I, I love being that person that everybody likes. <laughs> this is a hard exactly. one. And but... I don't have a problem being I Darth know. Vader. I but... love Darth Vader. One of my favorite characters of all time. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to do a plot twist and I'm going to pick on Jalen. Because, Ooh. yeah, you didn't expect that one. Because obviously the standard has already been set for Tatum. I think he has again in the the small sample size that we have he's proven that he can do it but i want jalen to step up to the tatum level like whether people are calling him the leader or the franchise face whatever the case may be i personally don't want to see the tatum's the godsend i want to see both of them on an equal scale because i think they both have the potential to lead this team to what they should be. Kemba Walker said it himself. He talks about how it's an honor to play with those two. If we're going to talk about how talented those two players are, I want to see both of them playing on the same level get day in and day out, whether, again, maybe one will step up one night, one the other. We've had games where they're both dropping 30, and you're like, what is going on here? So I want to see that on a consistent level. Again, obviously, the coaching and Tatum do play a role into that cohesive unit, but I think if Jalen steps up, blocks out the noise, and really – continues to tap in and 
and get in his bag, so to speak. I think, I don't know. I think that he can help lead this team to where they need to be as well. Yeah, you and your little plot twist. I, I got I got a little plot twist as well. Oh, I'm gonna pick Brad Stevens. Okay, that's not really a plot roll, twist, but and, oh, listen. but I'm rolling with him as being the guy that's gonna get this this thing where it needs to be. I think Brad okay. will win a championship, and I mean, here's why: Brad, before our very eyes, is evolving as a coach. He yeah. is doing some things that I don't think he would have necessarily been comfortable doing four or five years ago, but he's starting to show the ability to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And he sees he, some things. That's why. <laughs> he knows that Daniel Tice right now from top to bottom can probably do more for this team than Robert Williams, who is more talented, mm. but makes a lot of those young boy mistakes. Right. But Brad is starting to embrace, you know what? When he's playing well, Daniel, you might only play 10 minutes. Don't care. Mm. And that's what coaching like, is. Yeah. You're 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 exactly what I've always wanted at a center, mm-hmm. but you just might own, but because your minutes restriction, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press that. I'm gonna keep you within that framework. And if on those nights when you got it rolling, you still might only play 20 minutes. Right. Brad is becoming comfortable being the bad cop. And I mm. love that because that to me is the one thing that. He, frankly, if, if I had to go through what I think his biggest weaknesses are, I think that would be one of them, that he's too nice of a damn guy. That is he, a really good one. Yeah. He's starting to get a little edge to him. He's starting to get a little nasty to him. And I love that because yeah. I think if you're going to win a championship as a head coach in this league and you don't got LeBron James or right. Anthony Davis on your roster, yeah. you need to have a little thuggishness in, mm-hmm. your, in, your, in your bag. And tell and people about yourself. to see that with Brad. Because, you know, again, you look at a guy like, like Peyton Pritchard, for example, who I think is having a great start. He has already leapfrogged ahead of Tremont Waters. And He's already leapfrogged ahead of guys that Brad has been in the trenches with for a while and has seen those young guys develop. And Brad is just like, huh, I don't care. My boy from Oregon is balling better than y'all, and I'm yeah. going to play him. I really yeah. don't care whether y'all sit. And I, normally, I would send you to the G League. Don't really have that option now, so right. just sit. Right, I, I, and I don't care. I'm trying to get this team better, win some games. Mm-hmm. And Brad, I I love that he's got a little bit more kind of he's got a little more thug to his to his coaching game now, and I think that's a good thing. Not to give Belichick too much credit, but I feel like there may be some Belichick yep. mentality there, where you're like you said, you're doing what's best for the team. He's definitely talked about how he's talked to him and it, you know, followed the career that he's had here with the Patriots. So I think that's what's needed. Boston is a city where they expect championships. That's without a doubt. So you look at the prime example of what has worked over the last 10 years and it's doing what's best for the team, whether the players like it, whether the other coaching staff likes it. I think you're right. I think that's absolutely what Brad is doing. And I think that fans will eventually warm up to him if they realize that, Sometimes he's going to do the things you don't like in order to get the win, and then y'all going to shut up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. One more game of pick and roll. Uh, yeah. Pick and roll with teams now. Oh. Atlanta, Cleveland. Yes, the Cleveland Cadavers. Huh. Orlando Magic and the Pacers are all undefeated. All 3-0. and Now. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what I'm asking you. Of those, of those teams, are we talking fast start or fraudulent? Who Dang. would you say is off to a fast start? Who would you say is being fraudulent? You got to pick one team Yikes. in one of those categories. And I'm going to pick fraud, the fraudulent one of the bunch. The cav, cav- <laughs> I can't even say the cat. What do you say? Cadaver? Cav- I can't say the word. Cadavers, I can't speak. The Cavaliers? 
The is Cavaliers. that weird? Yes, that's their official name, but they, they usually, they're like dead on arrival. Cadavers. I don't know why I couldn't say cadavers for like a good minute. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. As, as much as Syracuse be killing BC, I would think that you would understand that, that with the word. See, we're not going to go here right now because the Eagles are the ones that usually eat the cadavers. Eagles fly higher than whatever you are. We're not going to do this right now. We're not going to do this. We're going to get back to basketball. I Who you got? Why not? Because they're, I don't know. I'm not going to believe them until I see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> you know what? My fraudulent team of this bunch, and you'll be surprised about this, is the Orlando Magic. Really? Well, here's the problem I got with Orlando. They're undefeated. Two of their wins have come against the Washington Izzards. Uh, I can't not wish Wizards, these, Izzards. These new NBA teams. There's no W's in Washington. There should or Washington. Uh, so, they, so Orlando, I can't buy you as being a legitimate contender until you actually beat someone. A legitimate that's, team. Beat Miami Heat. Now give them credit. Okay. They beat Miami Heat. I give them that. But okay. the majority of your wins have been against one of the worst franchises <laughs> in the NBA. I can't buy you. The team that I am buying chips all in, and I would absolutely no Atlanta oh. Hawks. Okay. And, Here's why. That makes sense, though. Indiana, I think, is a better team. Yeah. Indiana, to me, it looks like there's a clear glass ceiling to how good they're going to be. You know, mm. I, when I look at Sabonis, I think he's as, as about as good as he's going to be. Miles Turner is having a great start to the season. He's going to fizzle yeah. at some point because that's what Miles Turner does. And Oladipo is a great player, or let me put this in past tense, was a great player. I really don't know what I'm going to get when he's back there healthy. I'll look down in the ATL. They balling. They have the highest scoring team. In the, they're the highest scoring team in the NBA right now. They've got Trey Young doing what I thought he could never do, and that is be an efficient scorer. You've got Clint Capella who gives you that rim runner that you want. you got John Collins who I think will be an all-star this year. And you start going down the, the pecking order of young guys that they got that are starting to step up. They have a tremendous window of opportunity to get better, and I think they will as the season progresses. That's why of all those teams, the one that I would not want to see in the playoffs is Atlanta Hawks because I think they're going to be a really, really good team. When all mm. Look it. Bet so, online, AG. I'm going to go put that in now. I'm just, better saying, early. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I will say this, though, about Cleveland. Uh, as much as I crap on Cleveland, I've, I've done this for a long time. I've, we all have. I mean, who hasn't? They've been, they, they're real easy in that yeah. I do give them props for what some of their guys are doing off the court. And, and I'm thinking specifically yes. about Kevin Love mm -hmm. and just how he's paying the wages for, for arena folks at, at, you know, at the arena who were impacted last season with no home games. Kudos to Kevin Love. Special shout-out to him for doing that. And also yeah. Larry Nance Jr., who's put in some work working with small businesses in the Cleveland yeah. area. So I give those guys major props for going above and beyond the call of duty as far as being not just good basketball players, but also good citizens. And the fact that they're off to a great start, I, I love that for the city of Cleveland. But right. at the end of the day, got to keep it 100. They're not going anywhere. They'll be in a lottery again. But but at least they'll have a nice first month of the season, feel good about themselves, all that good stuff. And they can start towards building, as every NBA team does every single season, apparently. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but the one thing we have seen is, as we start to wrap this thing up is that one of the guys that I was really looking forward to seeing. Jaw. Yes. You know where I'm going with this. Oh, my gosh. When I look, I when he was in the wheelchair. Yeah. The other night, I didn't have Paul Pierce flashbacks because Paul Pierce, I knew was going to be OK. Yes. I, I, I absolutely knew that Paul. I didn't think I wasn't sure if he'd come back. I feel bad game. laughing, but it's like now that we all know what we know, we can yeah. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> 
But John looked like he was in serious pain. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the fortunate news is that there was no fracture when mm-hmm. they did the uh, MRI. But yes. I, I, I think it's highly unlikely. I don't know if they ruled him out yet. But in a wheelchair. Like, I can't see him playing in Boston. And really, to no. be candid with you, that might be a good thing for him because last time he was in Boston, he had two points more than you and I combined. Yeah. Uh, and that's never a good thing when yeah. you are the rookie of the year. So this may be a blessing in disguise for him to not have to deal with uh, playing in Boston. Uh, if in fact he's out, which I don't think I don't think he'll play. But he was having a good two game season, which he is was. so frustrating to watch when you see. All right, all right, this season may have been his, and then injuries. Injuries always put a damper on the NBA, and I definitely hate to see it. I hope he recovers very speedily because we want to see him on the court, whether he's a rival or not. Yeah, although when I when I looked at my my fantasy league squad and I saw that I was playing against someone who had him. Yeah, 30, he was 30, what, 36 points per two games? Those yeah, two games? yeah, but I'm playing someone this week who had him in their, in their lineup, and he's not going to get as much value out of him. Oh, he got to put him on injured reserve or something. Not soon enough. Unfortunately, he's locked in for the week. Damn it. Oh, that's not right. But Who's your I, commissioner? Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Fans need to be locked in to the A-List podcast. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and, and and also, you know, it's, you know, this is what we do, but there's other stuff that goes on with, with us as far as, you know, putting together content and mm-hmm. some of the stuff you've, you've done on NBC 10. Now, you've had a couple of interviews recently that were pretty, were pretty interesting, I'd say. Talk a little about those. They were. And as we want, again, the movie Soul just goes back to your purpose. You don't have to just be a one dimensional person. You could just be doing a whole bunch of stuff. We <laughs> add folks on getting us a deal for Soul. Well, actually, Disney. I, that might be a conflict. I'm sorry, NBC. Forgive me. But <laughs> right now for NBC 10 Boston, I am. Well, we actually already published this, but I'm Haitian American. And every year on January 1st is Haitian Independence Day. And there's a soup that we drink on a regular basis. I won't go into detail because I want you to go and watch the, the video so you can get a little more background. But I actually went to a restaurant in the Somerville area called Highland Cuisine to do a story about the soup because I wanted to just highlight why the soup is so important to us. Why, what is the meaning behind the soup? We go there. We talk to the owner of the restaurant. This man survived COVID. He was in the hospital for weeks. His family thought he was dead. Literally, there were rumors spreading all over, not even just the U.S. and Haiti, that he was dead. So it was a definitely an uplifting story. It showed how important family is to a lot of cultures. And obviously, January 1st, we'll be celebrating with the soup. But the story of soup brought us all together when we're thinking about just how precious life is. So definitely check that out. It's on the NBC10 Boston Instagram page. It's on NBC10Boston.com. If you follow me on Twitter, Kwani Lunas, you'll find it all over my page as well. Definitely an uplifting story. But also, if you don't know anything about Haitian culture, check it out because then you'll learn a little bit about my background and what we celebrate. That's what, and that for me, that that was a big takeaway. I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit more about Kwani and what that A, Kwani A Lunas stands for. All right. Did not Can find that it? out with the soup. Did not find that out with the soup piece, but you know, I'm going to keep searching. I'm Wait, keep should I do it now? Should I tell the people? No, no, okay. you could you could do it uh, start a new year. That would be, okay. be your New Year's resolution to come clean with the people. Okay. There you go. There Perfect. you go. Uh, <laughs> in addition to you know, the, obviously the conversations we have, I also deliver a uh, different content on my website, A Shrod you know website. Yeah. Who made it? Ashrodblakely.com. Uh just kicked that off about a week or so ago, and you'll there'll be different content in there. 
it'll be, you know, it'll be obviously the podcast you'll find there. Some written pieces will be there. I'll also be uh, putting content on there about the educational stuff I do with, with BU and things like that. And oh. it'll be a little bit of everything on there. Uh, I'm going to probably stay away from my alma mater, Syracuse University, putting stuff on there because I just don't feel the need. You just, well, how did you happen to pick the two worst schools to be affiliated with? I don't understand. Syracuse was a very good journalism school, and BU is the bomb. No, we know it sucks to be you. Like, that's the comment. Watch, we're going to lose all our BU subscribers. Let me ask listen, you. I'll, I'll shut up now. Listen, <laughs> you, you and your BC pigeons, y'all just need to chill, all right? Y'all just need to chill, all right? We are eagles. Get it right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the A-List Podcast. A special shout-out to BetOnline.ag, our sponsor. Uh, and just reminding folks to subscribe, like, and leave Kwani and me that post-Christmas gift that always will put a smile on our face. Uh, five-star review. And for A. Shrab Blakely, Kwani Lunas, we are out of here. See Happy you New year. year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> the New Year's gear. I had to. I had to. I was ready. <laughs>